Thank you for downloading the Inspire Me podcast series, brought to you by the University of the West of England. In this podcast, we are joined by Kieran Devlin, Bristol-based designer and entrepreneur. Okay, thank you everyone so much for joining us today um, for the last of our Inspire Me lectures. Um, if you've missed any or you're super inspired by today's, then you can head back to the library website where you can find all the rest of the Inspire Me series archived on there. So um, we have been interviewing inspiring figures who have graduated from UWE and formed ambitious, inclusive and innovative and enterprising paths. I'm Molly Rose Crossley. I'm a third year media production student and I'm studying on the journalism pathway. So you might see me floating around um, Bower Ashton. Um, so how this is going to run is we're going to have about a 20 minute, 25 minute interview with our speaker and then there will be time at the end for your questions. So please, 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 if you have any questions along the way, pop them in the Q&A box and then our wonderful events team are going to be going through those, making sure there's no repetition, all of that kind of thing, and we will get to those at the end. Please keep the chat function free. The chat function is purely for the events team if there are any announcements. And also we'll be putting links to lots of Kieran's work in there and how you can get in touch with him at the end of the event. Just a little note to say as well, this isn't course specific. You're not being graded. This is open for everyone and anyone to attend. And anyone is open to be inspired by these amazing, amazing speakers. You know, you don't have to be interested in the particular thing. You never know what might happen. Um, and there's no my attendance code at the end either. Um, this will be recorded and posted on the library website, but give us about a week for the, for the technical faffs um, and then it'll all go up on there. So that's all the kind of introduction to the events. Let's get started and start talking about our speaker because that's why we're all here. So today we're chatting with Kieran Devlin. Um, Kieran founded Revive Innovations three weeks three weeks after graduating from project design at UWE Bristol. Um, whilst at UWE, he began an experimental, oh, I'm so sorry, something keeps popping up on my screen. There we go. Uh, he, uh, let me just start that again. Whilst at UWE Bristol, he began an experimental, experimental sustainable design project investigating reprocessing non-recyclable wastes all those words we love. Um, over the last two years, this project has formed into a burgeoning sustainable design business that has achieved a number of awards, including a National Innovators Award from Innovate UK. ReCD is Revive Innovation's current project, working to create beautiful circular economy materials and products made from recycled CDs and DVDs, whilst improving CD recycling infrastructure. Now, I don't know if there's a generational thing here, but I have got a lot of CDs and DVDs around my flat. Um, Revive has recycled over 200,000 CDs so far, and their products have been exhibited at numerous London design festivals and exhibitions. Revive's vision is to challenge consumer attitudes towards sustainable design and prove that recycled products can be as beautiful and functional as those made from virgin materials. So, so excited to hear all about this. Um, so Kieran, I have been starting all of these interviews with the same question. Let's start from the beginning. Do you have an early memory that influenced these kind of sustainable design ideas? I think it's it's been with a growing awareness really. Um, 
obviously it's it, sustainability and, and the importance of it all is something which is really always becoming more, more and more prevalent at the moment and it's something that everyone is becoming far more aware about um so yeah obviously when i was studying at university i i studied product design at ue between uh 2017 and 2019 um and it was yeah during that time that i really felt i had the space to take some of this uh, ambition and really and really kind of put it to work and, uh, and and see where I could take it. Was there a particular reason you chose UWE specifically? Um, I really liked the course. Um, I think it, it really before I before I came to you, it, it's one that stood out as, as having a very varied kind of um, varied set of applications and, and varied set of things that it will teach you during during the, the time you're there, you're there. And um, I, I really found that it was, yeah, it was very much focused on teaching you creative thinking and problem solving, which is, which is I think, something which is very ap applicable to, to everything. Mm, definitely. That's something that's come up a few times, actually, in these lectures, is that UE has allowed people to kind of, it's given them the skills to explore those ideas. Mm -hmm. And kind of, it's not like, you have to do it this way. It's more of a kind of, you could try it in in a new way and that's really that's really interesting um what is there a particular moment at your time at UE or a member of staff or anything like that that really kind of pushed you into this kind of into this realm uh definitely I mean I, I actually started this project whilst in my final year as my final project um on the course um so this this is all grown out of um, a, a complete concept which was generated while studying at UWE and uh, that's that's how I was able to start it so so quickly afterwards it kind of it started with um, two words really which was future wastes and this was me analyzing today's society and today's um, ongoing evolution of technology and ongoing evolution of um, everything basically and realizing that at each time there's a change there will be a new waste which is created um, so by analysing what those are at any one point in time, there will be a new waste which has not yet been solved or the, the infrastructure for processing that waste hasn't really got the solution that it needs at that point in time. Um, so that's where I kind of led into CDs and thought these are something which has really gone from an internationally used kind of uh, form of media to just a pretty obsolete object now. Um, I mean, most of them are just collecting, uh, collecting dust. And the more and more research I did into it, I found out they are really kind of classed as a non-recyclable kind of landfill, landfill item at the moment, due to there not really being a, a recycling infrastructure. Um, so yeah, and it, it's, it, was, it was during my time at UWE that I, that I developed the first strains of the material and the first processing kind of techniques. Um, and then I was, yeah, able to kind of continue on through that through some of the the enterprise um, options at UE as well um, following my graduation which was yeah, a, a, a valuable kind of asset after after graduating. Amazing so the enter tell, tell us a bit more about the enterprise kind of element so you you started it as your final year project yeah and so what was what enabled you to continue that crossover? after you graduated so there's a there's a few different enterprise uh kind of sections at ue there's ue enterprise which is something that any anyone in any year can get involved with whilst as a student at, at ue um and that's fantastic i really looking back on it i will i wish i'd been more involved with that as well um because they have great 
um, options if you have an idea or, but they also are very supportive if you just want to be involved in being an entrepreneur or, or getting in, involved in different forms of enterprise. They already have projects that they are, that they are running and you can just go and get involved with them and uh, really build up, build experience within enterprise. Um, but for me, my, my engagement with UE Enterprise came after graduating and after exhibiting at uh, a few places in London, um, I really decided to give, give the business a go. And um, that's when I got back in contact with UE um, and started a, a, uh, um, yeah, a placement with, with Launch Space. Um, and Launch Space is for, I think, I think you can still go if you're a, if you're a student as well, but it's, it's predominantly people who've graduated and then started the business. Um, and that gives you support over a 12 month period. Um, and you get a desk space and access to some really great mentors and experts to help you through those tricky first steps, really. That's amazing. It's amazing to hear that even after you graduated, that support was still there, that kind of like, it wasn't necessarily as, um, you know, graded or anything like that, but it wasn't just like, there you go, bye-bye, try and make it work. It, there, there are those support systems and, and that's really fantastic. Sure. Um, why is it important to create sustainable designs? Why can't I just like, you know, keep buying more CDs? Mm, why is it important? So, I, I mean, the keys, the keys in the word really is in sustainable. I mean, products which aren't sustainable is not, are not going to be a sustainable future for us. It, we really need to kind of view sustainable products as the norm um, for it to be a, a, a future which is going to benefit us all really. Um, and it is, it is obviously, there's a lot of different elements involved in that and there's a lot of different parties which need to all collaborate to towards a, be a better future but um yeah i feel i feel i feel every business has to play its role and I, and and for me um it's it's yeah been a completely core element to to setting up the business is to really in integrate sustainability and sustainable principles at every single uh, stage of the design and and our processing Mm, and how do we know? So, you know, back in the day, we would buy CDs and we didn't really think about kind of what would happen next to them. How do we know that the practices that we potentially kind of like start now as alternatives, how do we know that they're sustainable? Mm, it's about yeah, future, future proofing your design and really doing in-depth analysis of the, of the life cycle of the products. Um, and that's using recyclable uh, materials, um, making sure that you're integrating things like circular economies. That's a big part of what we do. Um, for anyone that's not quite familiar on circular economies, that means it's a completely closed loop. So what, what goes into a loop then becomes recyclable again at its end of its lifestyle. Uh, and then that that is really the um, yeah, that is really the most important thing to be building because there's no there's no wastes at any point during during that process. Mm. And something that it says on your on your website also is about transparency. Mm. Um, why is transparency so important in this kind of process? Yeah, absolutely. I, so we have uh, we have three uh, kind of core pillars of sustainability that we've established. One is circularity, as I just spoke about. Then we have transparency and we have quality as well. And for me, transparency is validity. And I think I think there's there's a lot of greenwashing already which is which is frustrating um and i think by being transparent with where the materials are coming from uh who's who who you've got them from what are, what are the 
different elements which have gone into it and where those materials will go at their end of life. Just absolute clarity on that level really gives a, a validity to your sustainability and a, it's a certification of, of trust between you and your you and your customer. And then for the quality side of it, all of the products that we that we make are really built for as longer life process as longer life cycle as they can really um, have. So ensuring we build in durability instead of built-in obsolescence and yeah, making sure that the products are gonna last for as long as they possibly can, get the most out of those materials in that format, but then obviously everything has an end of life and at that end of life, they need to be recyclable again. Mm, mm, I see, I see. And um, so we mentioned uh, the current project, ReCD. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the other materials that you work with? And have you got a, like a favorite that you like to work with? That's something that's like really kind of like, oh yes, I want, I can't wait to chip that down and turn that into something. So yeah, I mean, I mean, at the moment we've we've been we've been really busy with ReCD um, over the last couple of years, and 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 there's not been a point where we've needed to extend into other materials. Um, wow. It's it's yeah, it's been a very challenging material to work with. Having been the first people to do it, it means every time we test a new process, it's the first time it's ever been cut that way or drilled that way or fixed that way. So it's, it's really interesting to kind of be in that learning process constantly and kind of be evolving what's possible and getting it down and, and, and really creating and innovating every decision we make. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's great to work with ReCD, but in terms of other materials, um, we, it's all recyclable stuff. So every, everything we work with is recyclable or biodegradable kind of natural natural materials. So for example, for, for packaging, we, we tend to use um, recycled packaging, but ensure that it's biodegradable materials like biodegradable tape, all of those kind of things. Um, because ultimately that is a circular economy in itself um, as when it can biodegrade, it then returns itself back to the earth and can be used again. Mm. And where, do, where are you getting these materials from? Uh, sourcing as locally as possible. Um, we've managed to create a really localized um, production model within within around South Bristol. Um, this means that for yeah for our for our products for our furniture products, uh, we've managed to keep the the radius um, and travel mile for all of the materials from initial stockist down to about five five or six miles. Um, this, along with calculating and minimizing the carbon output at every different level of the processing um, allows us to create a carbon output total for each product. Um, for example, one of those, our, our side table is 6.9 kilograms uh, per product, uh, which is the equivalent of about 25% of one person's daily carbon output in the UK. So it's a really tiny amount, something which is gonna last 70, 80 years. That's amazing. That's amazing that you're kind of, it's not just oh, we made a table out of, you know, recyclable products. It mm. has to go to the whole part of the company. You know, you can't cancel out the, the table you made by taking a diesel guzzler down the, you know, or driving all the way to Surrey or something like that. So you're really kind of consistent with the, the sustainable ideas. And mm. um, why, why is that important? Why does that matter? I think it's really great to push the ideas of what's possible within this field. I think we're so used to now buying products from store, international stores with thousands of stores across the UK. The products have come in from all over the world. Um, whereas realistically, we need to stop doing that. And we need to really focus on what is available in our local community and what's right in front of us really can be 
repurposed for exactly the same process purposes. Um, and even by doing that, you create a far more localized system and a far more localized infrastructure, which can feed itself with the circularity as well. So there's, there's, there's far more right under our noses than we really realize. And I think it's good to, um, it's, it's good to explore what's possible there and, and really kind of try and push those, push those boundaries in, in what can work with community um, engagement and all those things as well. I love that. It's more, it's not just about um, the whole idea around it is, has changed. It's not just about buying a table anymore. It's about how it's affecting everything on a larger scale. And do you think your generation is more aware of that? Do you think there's a, there's been a shift, I don't know, maybe in the last five, 10 years of mm. people thinking that this is important? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think it's definitely something that older generations are learning and they're keen to learn as well. Um, but I think it's it's something which has been sewn into us from a younger age. And I think that's really that's really important. Um, and I mean, we've grown up with um, cans going in different bins and stuff through through all of our childhoods. Um, and, and that's only got to evolve more and more um, to improve and to improve the situation. But it is. Um, yeah, it is. It is definitely that something that all, all generations are looking to, to take on and, and to improve on as well. Do you think it's quite Bristol specific? You're still based in Bristol? Yes, yeah, yeah. we're currently based in St Phillips down in South Bristol. Oh great, so do you think, you know, because Bristol considers, you know, we were green capital, it mm -hmm. considers itself quite, you know, it's the easiest place in the world apparently to be vegan, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. Um, yeah. Do you think your, your business model would work anywhere else yeah I think it would I think it would I, I do I do think that Bristol is a fantastic place to have started it I think it's really there's such a community spirit around sustainability and there's such a there's such a an independent kind of appreciation as well in Bristol that I think it's been the best place for me to start it um, but equally I mean, most of my most of my business is, has been down in London, and and I've been and I've taken this to shows in London and have great appreciation for the for the work that's going on. Um, there's, yeah, I, I still I still feel it's most suited to Bristol, and I wouldn't move it anywhere else at this moment in time because it's a great hub for the business, and it, it's it's really there is an a, an assimilation there between the two. Um, but yeah, I do I do feel that these, yeah, every everywhere is is kind of cottoning on. I think. Maybe Bristol's the leader. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Marvin Reese will be happy to hear that. Um, do you have a team around you? Tell us about like the tell us about Revive's kind of team and the, the group you've got. Yeah, so I, I've been making uh, great use of the Kickstart scheme over over the last uh, two years um, while that while that's been open, and I've managed to have uh, five employees on a, on six month contracts, um, as well as a number of student. Um, uh, interns from uh, from UWE, um as well which has been great that was also through the through the launch space uh, kind of sectors as well um, but that's been yeah it's been fantastic to get other people in and kind of spread the load of, of what we've been able to do and it's really elevated the business and just sped up the processing of, of what can happen in a, in a short space of time. So the kickstart scheme is that something separate from Yui, what's the kickstart? Kick yeah, that was that was by the uh, by the Department of Work and Pensions, and it, it came in as a COVID scheme, um, but it's, it has recently finished. Um, but that was for sixteen to twenty fours to uh, to have a uh, a six month internship um, wow. uh, with 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 businesses. 
Wow, that's amazing. And it's, you said as well, taking on some students from mm. UWE. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're, you're continuing the circular economy within yourself as well, you know, <laughs> giving back and, yeah. and rotating. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. So um, in my little uh, intro, I said about the National Innovators Award and Innovate UK. Can you tell mm. us a little bit more about that process? Like, was that something that you put yourselves forward for? Did someone contact you? Um, yeah, about those, a little bit about those awards. That would be great. Yeah, yeah that was something I put myself forward for um, during uh, during my the end of my time at, at, at Launch Space. Um, and uh, it was... A, a, a fantastic experience it was really really helpful to have that kind of support over six months both the financial support but also the close one-to-one -one mentoring that they support as well and that's led on to really linking the business into uh, the business community as well I, I think I'm now involved with uh, with Business West and uh, the Workforce for the Future schemes as well so it's it's kind of a step up on the ladder to really to really bring revive into a uh, into the business community and um yeah on on that there's there are there are so many schemes and there's so many funding kind of opportunities within uh, both in bristol but also national um and and i think that's that's when when you are looking to start your own business that's something which is really um just something that you can take the most you can take the most out of it and uh, it can really be just a huge asset to everything you're trying to do as something I hope you don't mind me saying there's definitely something about the fact that you've got so much belief and passion that this is a good idea mm. and it is that you're going out and looking for those opportunities looking for that support mm. because you have faith in your idea yeah. was that something that you kind of learned through trial and error you know it, that's probably one of the hardest things is to have faith in ourselves and 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 go to a you know a, a big business and say look help me with this yeah. How, yeah how did how did you instill that belief in yourself I think I think that came from some of the exhibitions at the at the start um I mean and it was yeah the, I mean the first exhibition I did was new designers which UE product design put me put me in for along with a number of other students from from my course um and at that point, I didn't really know what I had. I didn't really know. I thought this is this is cool. I like it. It, it looks good, um, and it's a really good concept. I was very proud of my work um, from from the beginning. But it was it was only when I went to that, and and you can kind of gauge it off other people. I think you need to show people and and share your ideas to really gauge what what's coming out of what you're what you're doing at that particular time. And um, it's yeah it's it's gauging those opinions but then it is it is a brave step really to, to, to kind of go go and just and just take it by the take it by the horns really and, and, and go for it and I think um yeah if you if you you've got to trust your gut I think if you know if you think this is really good it's probably worth trying for mm. at least a, a period of time and and not everything you do will be right definitely you'll make mm. a ton of mistakes but um as long as you learn from those then um you'll, you'll be going in the right direction yeah so put, putting yourself out there and, and trial and error that's yeah no that's great um so just to remind everyone get your questions in I've got a few more myself but yeah pop your questions in the Q and A's and we're gonna uh hand over to you guys um soon so uh what does the future hold for your fantastic company what does the future hold for Revive at the moment well, well we've got some really exciting projects we've we've had 
yeah, the honour to kind of work with some really great brands, including people like Netflix over, over the last year or two and some really great projects. And we're just continuing to expand into new new spaces and new um, new areas. Um, can't tell you all of the upcoming projects, but there's, <laughs> there's some uh, there's some exciting ones. We yeah we're currently looking into like stocking um, in um, in Selfridges on on Oxford Street and and some other big stores as well. So we're really looking to expand with what we've set up and it being an infrastructure that is a very open start point. Um, so what's really great is that we've obviously installed this within ReCD and with and within this material. Um, but that means that we've also enabled ourselves to be established enough now to do that with any other material. So it's come to a point where we can really start to look towards other waste materials, other non-recyclable um, wastes and, uh, and really stretch, stretch into new materials and expand our, our offering and our, and our services. That's so exciting. Um... We've had that a few times with people we've interviewed saying, well, I can't tell you everything. Um, and that's really exciting. And it makes sure everyone you follow uh, revive. And we're going to put all of the um, websites and Linktree and Instagram and everything in the chat box. Uh, so make sure you follow and hear all this exciting news. You mentioned Netflix. Um, are there any other like groups or designers or companies that you would just love to work with? yeah like dream time like proper dream time now i think i think what's really inspiring is seeing companies that have not previously acted sustainably um coming coming to me and saying look we really want to put this put these products into our to our space or or to work with you on a particular design um to really set an intent and set a statement um of where they're going in the future, um, and I think that's that's something that I, I yeah I really take a lot of pride in is is that we've managed to yeah convince people by by creating really beautiful things to to act in a more sustainable way and to set an intention of being more sustainable in the future. I love that. So, if someone that you kind of consider quite big waste producers mm. kind of came to you and said, "Look, can you can you help us?" curb the amount of waste we're creating yeah that would yeah I can I can totally see that you're kind of you're you're carving the way you're guiding the way you're showing that it can be done mm. and kind of people need to be big companies need to be brave enough to step up and and Absolutely. do the same and it's, it's 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 just about taking responsibility really responsibility for what you're creating what you're putting out into the world um and I think I think we've glossed over that for too long and I think it's really we're beyond the time where it really needs to be um, enforced that those those things should be considered and those sh things should be worked on and uh, and yeah hopefully we can be a company that facilitates that for some people. Fantastic, amazing. So I've just spotted we've got loads of questions. We've got loads of questions from the audience. I'm so sorry about that, Bing Bong. Um, loads of lovely questions. So I'm going to make my way through these. So mm. question number one: Which material is the most important to reuse? And what can the average person do to help? Definitely plastics um, at the moment. I think I think with the with the dangers of microplastics and 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 what they are really bringing on, um, plastics are, is just such a vast kind of issue with so many different plastics and so many different elements to it as well. But 
the vast majority of plastics are very recyclable. Um, so there is, with with the right kind of processing and the right and the right working, um, it's, it's 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 very achievable. And 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 one of the things I would say as well is this can start from anywhere. The first recd that i made i actually made it on my hob in my third year student flat i literally melted two cds in a in a hob and that was although it didn't work and it was, it was <laughs> test um and my my flatmates didn't really appreciate it but um it was it was the first experiment that i did um because it was very basic and these things can really grow from absolutely everywhere obviously be safe if you're going to try anything um but it's it can grow from it can grow from anywhere and it's about researching learning what the processing is and then really kind of just giving things a go and just saying look this if this was going to go for, to landfill what what else could i do with it that's such a good question yeah that's such a good question um and i should probably say ue does not condone people setting fire to things in their flats please don't do that um <laughs> just in case um but yeah looking at things as more than what you've just used it for so kind of like expanding that idea yeah amazing okay next question <clears throat> excuse me is computer waste worth looking at for recycling as the single use of computers and phones is a huge issue people face absolutely yeah definitely there's there's so much e-waste um and there's so many precious metals and things involved in those in those products that actually um there's a lot of landfills are actually now considering mining landfills for e-waste um so they'd actually be mining the uh for for uh pro yeah mining for the precious metals within e-waste and obviously as that's that's kind of inspired by by the increase in battery use and battery cars because all of these things are fantastic that they're reducing the the fossil fuels but it's creating a strain on other on other kind of um, minerals and other kind of um, materials, which which we are also fairly scarce often. Mm, wow, yeah. Um, how does Kira, how, how do you handle repair or recycling services for the products that eventually become degraded? Sure. So we um we we ensure that things get back to us by by having little labels on every one of our products saying this was made from 100% CDs um, by Revive Innovations in Bristol and then create, having QR codes and different links to our website um, to, to get things back to us. Um, and then we are able to process those again. Um, this was something that I developed into the process of recycling from early on. Um, a lot of sustainable or kind of eco materials uh, tend to use resins um, for their um, for to to bind materials together but this was something that i really wanted to avoid um as actually a, resins are a single use are a single use product um and really if you have a natural or a recyclable material and, and you encase it in resin it then becomes non-recyclable um which means that at the end of uh, that product's life it won't be recyclable again however by having this as 100 cds only and they're not being any resins or binders in there, it means that this can be reground down again and then remelted and, and, and reformed into a new material. So there's a certain amount of kind of trust that the product will come back to you. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 yeah, I think I think just by keeping permanent labels on there, that's 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 what we can we can hope for and and, and hopefully people do interact with it. Um and uh it is 
people have definitely i mean at the moment it's not it's not been a phase where people have needed to return stuff yet obviously with with off cuts and stuff um we keep those and we and we recycle those in-house um but um some of these products will last for for quite a long time um i hope they all do really so it's um it's good to it's good to have that on there and hopefully that will that people will engage with that as much as they have with the um with the donation of the waste in the first place mm, yeah so that's the thing you don't really want to see it back because it's going to last yeah. you know yeah, yeah that makes sense um thank you for the interview someone has said uh can you show us one of your favorite final projects created from the recycled materials and an informal question which cd album would you would you never recycle <laughs> <laughs> um two good questions um i think i think some of the yeah one of the one of yeah some of the ones i'm really looking forward to at the moment is is where we're looking at more more music events um, and, and kind of looking to create big um, installations um, for festivals and, and big music events. And I think that's a really great application for the material because it does have a reflective kind of element. And, and I think it's, it's also a great platform as well. So many festivals do do great things um, towards working towards being more, more sustainable. It, it, it fits with the brand, but there's also the music link with CDs as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's, that's, that's something that I'm quite excited to really kind of work on. Um, my, my final project, the first piece that I made was a, was a turntable actually, which was made out of the CDs. Um, and that was, that's always a piece that gets a lot of recognition at, at um, at shows. That's so cool. And it's pretty, I don't mind like that. It's, it's lovely. It looks so nice. Yes, really gorgeous um and is there is there a cd you just couldn't bring yourself to destroy uh it would have to be a classic something yeah something one of my first few i think my first ever cd was hot fast by the killers actually so that would be that'd be one i could never burn <laughs> it's not the same as with vinyl though is it like you don't get first editions and things you know we're not we're not seeing that money come back that we that we uh, spent so much on CDs, but yeah, hot, hot fuss is it? That's a classic. Um, so we've we've kind of already covered what your plans are for the future. Um, but which area of sustainability would you like to tackle next? Um, it's a yeah, it's good. It's a great question. It's a very it's a very vast uh, kind of mm -hmm. thing to look at. Um, in terms of my own company's sustainability. Um, it's communication is, is, is a very key element. And I, I mean, we, it's, it's a very hard thing to get right as well. And it's very, it's, it's obviously difficult to kind of get these things in place and it's great to have achieved those, but it's the most important part is then actually communicating it to people and to really convey the message to, of, of what you're doing and to, and to make sure it's understood. Um, so that's a very complex part to sustainability is is about communication and and, and that infiltrates every kind of level that's that's conveying the issues um conveying um the reasons for it to be solved and conveying the possibilities of how these things can be solved as well so mm. there's a lot of different elements to, to really work into communication and that's it's yeah it's a very interesting kind of um area crossing kind of um crossing uh, psychology, crossing uh, copywriting, crossing marketing. There's loads of different uh, businesses, uh, business elements which are involved in that. Yeah, so interesting because 
like you meant you mentioned a few questions ago the term greenwashing mm. you know we, we are bombarded with it and I think people are becoming more savvy to the fact that it's not all true like you said with the resin you know you, you buy a bamboo cup and you're like oh great I can chuck this back into the ground and it's going to biodegrade but no that's only the one element that that is that is sustainable yeah. um so you know being able to tell people that these things need to change Mm-hmm. but you know using different language using different ways of communicating it um and also you know not depressing people <laughs> yes. yeah. sometimes it feels overwhelming right and and lots of people feel that so mm-hmm. it's really interesting yeah to kind of you acknowledge that and that's something that mm-hmm. is always going to evolve uh and i oh, done that one right uh you sound very passionate about your project do you think your passion oh where'd it go Oh, there it is. You sound very passionate about your project. Do you think your passion played a large part in the project becoming a success? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think I think starting a business is 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 no small undertaking. Um, and uh, it's it's you definitely come across a lot of hurdles, and and you just you have to be very headstrong, and you have to be very kind of um, sure of what you're doing um and i think i think that is that is almost one of the most important things that you need um because for me for me that stems from the purpose behind behind the project and i think that really really kind of keeps me going with it and it keeps me kind of motivated for 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 anything that could come 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 in my way really and i think i think it's um yeah, just knowing that everything I'm doing is working towards a, a really good purpose and it's got the best intentions that I could think of behind it. Um, that's that's really what gets me up. So the be- the belief that you're doing the, the right thing and, and yeah, that passion drives you forward. We had uh, Lewis Wedlock last week and uh, he had a, a similar kind of question and he said he loves failure because it gives him a chance to learn. And I wonder whether that's kind of, especially when it comes to the products that you're using, okay, that hasn't worked. Why hasn't that worked? But you've got that core belief that this will work mm. and that's what pushes you forwards. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if I'm confident enough to say I love failure, like he was really <laughs> great, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's good to acknowledge it, you know. <laughs> I right the first time, but it's, it's, it's quite unlikely that that will happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, once you had this idea, how did you go about creating your dissertation or final project? Um, I mean, so for the final project, it was it was about the development of the concept, uh, proving uh, the validity of, of the need of the concept as well. And then there was obviously with, with product design, there's a physical element. So I had to build the process and I had to design that. Um, and this, this was actually... Um, Obviously, I did product design, but this is kind of out, just out, kind of stretching the edges of what my course was really um, was really kind of set out to do. Um, and I think that's really good. It kind of allowed me to integrate with some of the engineering departments on some of the material testing and some of those elements. Um, and and I think that's a really big takeaway that I got from from this particular project um, was that at UE and at every university, you really have so many different subjects and so many people trying their best in that particular area. Um, so don't feel confined to your particular course, um, even if it's um, a bit of help or a bit of um, advice or, or whether someone actually, you're able to collaborate with another course completely 
on a particular element to your project, um, be aware that the people around you are all trying to do something. And I think um, that's, a, yeah, that's a really good kind of take up I got from this particular project um, was that I was able to collaborate with different elements and different parts of the course. Um, and, that, and that has flowed on into it being a business as well. Um, as when it is a business, every element suddenly becomes uh, something which needs to be dealt with, whether it is marketing or, or finances or IP or all of those different elements. Um, and that's and that's really a lot of the interns uh, that I got from Yui and, and, and the other people that I got into the business have been completely different subject speci specialists um, as really they're going to be the best people that can help me. I'm, I'm definitely not not good at everything. So, <laughs> yeah, don't be restricted by your one element, especially when you're at uni as well. You know, take advantage of all of those people around you. You know, you might not be in that kind of situation again. OK, last question. Do you think promoting your company has encouraged larger and more well-known companies to follow in your footsteps and change to be more sustainable, or is that something that still needs work? Definitely still needs work. Um, and I, I think I think it's it's just with a with a the quantity of, of, of things which can happen. I mean, we've only been able to impact one small waste stream at the moment with a few companies. And although that's been a really great impact, there's there's so so many things, and it is a really vast vast opportunity to really kind of um, work within. Um, and what what I have found with that is that being from a sustainable background opens a lot of doors um, into big companies, um, and it opens a lot of opportunity just through um, the fact that you become an asset to them as they are becoming more sustainable. So if there's a company that's thinking, oh, we've got our whole business is established and we're and everything's going really well, but we want to be more, more sustainable, they, they don't suddenly become sustainability experts. So that's where they are looking to smaller businesses um, to, to really help them along that journey in, in, in different, different ways. Mm, mm, brilliant. Thank you so much, Kieran. This has been really, really fantastic and really, really inspiring. I hope everyone's really enjoyed it. Um, if you had any technical glitches or anything like that along the way, remember it's all going to be uploaded onto the library website. Um, and Kieran is actually one of our really generous alumni who has do donated a prize to our 30 and 30 year anniversary prize draw. Yui is 30 this year, in case uh, you might have missed that. Been lots of lovely flags around. Um, celebrating the amazing enterprises that alumni like Kieran have gone to establish. The draw offers 30 chances to win brilliant gifts, experiences, and vouchers. Kieran, what has Revive donated? I haven't got that written down here. So um, we've donated a set of coasters or a soap dish as option of having either if you wanted. Um, so yeah, we have... Um, Alongside the furnitures, we also have a number of kind of smaller gifty homeware things. So everyone, um, if, you, if you need anything for Christmas, we've got plenty. Oh yes, Christmas, you, you, the dreaded C word. Um, yes, I've seen those actually. I looked at those on your website. They are so gorgeous. So you could be the um, envy of all your housemates with the most beautiful coasters and soap dish. Um, it's just three pounds a ticket and all the proceeds go to supporting stu the uh, student hardship fund, which uh, if you haven't heard about it, that is in the student support section of the website. And to find about more about this draw or the support that our hardship fund offers, go to uh, ue.ac.uk 
forward slash prize that surprise dash draw um, and I think they've just popped that in the chat that link as well so that's really exciting so get involved with that we had um, Kerry from Amshella um, vegan handbags they have also donated a handbag that is classy so beautiful um, so yeah three pounds and you might win loads of beautiful things so thank you so much Kieran that was really really fantastic um, is there anything else finally you'd like to add to, to to the uh, interview no thank you thank you very much for, for having me on it's been great to great to kind of share my ideas and i hope i hope yeah people just have the uh the confidence to really give something a go and uh and yeah don't don't be shy talk to talk to people around you and uh, and ask for help yes love that yeah ask for help and that leads me on lastly to my final thing which is uh if you're a fresher or if you're just feeling a bit overwhelmed at the moment remember there are student support services that are here for you um, so that can all be found on the website as well all of these inspire me lectures will be up on the library and they will also be coming out as podcasts which is very exciting um, so yes thank you so much everyone for joining and a huge thank you to kieran um, this has been fantastic thank you so much everyone bye bye for more information about the inspire me series including other podcasts from the series visit ue.ac.uk forward slash study forward slash block zero forward slash inspire me. Thanks for listening.